It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome to T25SL Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio. United We Stand is the name of my show, and I'm your host, Galaxy Chief Andre Ward. The time is currently 10 a.m. here on the West Coast, and the temperature here in Oakland is 61 degrees, 74 degrees in Los Angeles, 80 in Tulsa, 73 in New York. 76 in London, 78 in Lagos, 70 in Nairobi, Kenya. All right, let me give a little promo here about our company, and then we'll move forward on with the show. T25CL Entertainment is your platform for digital entertainment. Please listen to our radio show, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Radio show featuring jazz, R&B, blues, hip-hop, and gospel music. Check out the many artists we have available. Their CDs for downloading to your listening devices. We have five radio talk shows, soon to be six. On Monday, we have Compton Politics with Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Tuesday, Straight Talk with the Hired Brush featuring Barbara McGee and the great Rodney Best. And on Wednesday, we have the songwriter herself, Rosalind Jordan Mills, with Rosalind's Corner. Thursday, you hear Soul Vibrations with Corey Jeffries. And on Saturdays, the show you're listening to now, United We Stand, with myself and Dr. Ninana Kwaku. Starting September 9th, we have a new show on Saturdays called In This Place, with Daryl Thornton, Ronald Brooks, Mike Brown, and Brian Carter. That show will be airing at 4 o'clock Eastern time, and those brothers are really going to be down for it. they got a lot of great things that they're doing there on the uh, East Coast. And another little disclaimer I always issue on my show, we here at Galaxy Talk Radio, we're not professional broadcasters. We're just common, average, everyday people that have a message to give out, whether it's social issues, political, religious, financial, saving the world, whatever it may be, we're here to put it out that we want to get feedback from you out there into the world. And as you know, United We Stand was named after our film, United We Stand, but the intent was to bring attention to the black economy on a global basis. Our intent is to reach out across America and across the globe to build a universal economy and to make new trading partners abroad. As I said before, and I'll say it again, I'm going to say it the next time we come on the air, that our spending capacity alone in the black community would be equivalent to the seventh greatest economy in the world. The problem is the circulation of our wealth in our community, communities and with our black-owned businesses in the United States and also buying, selling, and trading amongst one another, of course. When dollars are not 
recirculated in the community. We have business failures and massive unemployment as we do today. Speaking of United We Stand, check our film out. I'm pretty sure that uh, you'll like it. It's a film that we put together here at United We Stand. We were asked by members of the United Nations a few years ago to bring attention to this issue with global poverty. And uh, we were asked originally to come in to do one set with a group from New York. And their deals fell by the wayside, and so they asked us to put on an entire show. So within about a three- to four-month period, we put it together with our great artists here at T25CL. And we did it all in-house. So the things that we preach about, we make manifest in our words, and we get it done. And here with me today, we have the star of United We Stand, Ross and Jordan Mills, and also have the great Dr. Nina Kwaku. Sister Roz, how are you doing today, my sister? I am doing very well, very well. Great to be on your show today. Um, I, I, I wanted to say something about when you mentioned about United We Stand, the movie, and you said that they would, they would enjoy it. They, they're going to really enjoy it. It's a great film. So, you know, I, it's not just because I was in it, but because it was a great, great endeavor, a great uh, host of artists, filmmakers, and everything else, people behind the scenes. It was mm-hmm. a great film, great film. They will really, really enjoy it. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was great. It is great. Yeah, you know, and every time I watch it, you know, I always see something different about it, and I sit back and I say, "Damn, we did that." You know, the three of us here did that. Me, yourself, and uh, Ricardo, and mm-hmm. and all the aspects of uh, of doing that. You know, getting the artists together, the rehearsals, and getting the film crews together, and our travels down to L.A. with the group uh, here from the Bay Area and going down, the film crew and, and a couple of the performing artists were from here and all of the endeavors that it took to pull this show off. And I remember you guys doing rehearsals over Skype. And oh, yeah. so, <laughs> and, and, you know, since people all spread out, you know, you did rehearsals over Skype. And then when all of us got together in L.A., and you, that's right. You know what? We only got together one time as a complete group. And uh, did a complete rehearsal with everybody. We actually rehearsed in the church, and we did a real full, blown-out rehearsal there at the Warner Grand Theater. What a day before the show! We were spending like two days just getting set up for the show. Correct. And so, Correct. So it's just incredulous. And then the editing process. I mean, we were editing for about a year and putting this thing together with all the revisions in it as well. So. We want the people to check it out, and when you do check it out, come on our show. Give us your comments about it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of course, we don't expect for everybody to like it, of course. But, um, but we just want to hear your comments on it when you, when you do see it. Also, you went to Las Vegas last week, didn't you, to see uh, Brother Kimball Hooker? Didn't you? How was oh, that? yes. Yes, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. I had Kibble Hooker on my radio show. I've, I've interviewed him a, a few times, and also Ariella Blue. Ariella Blue, she comes from the family of the Brothers Johnson. <clears throat> She's in that family. 
and she puts on a great show. And I've had her on my show a number of times. I've talked to her personally. I've developed a great friendship with her. And, of course, you know, with her endeavors there in um, Las Vegas, uh, uh, partnering with Sherry Gordy, uh, uh, Barry Gordy's family, um, she's looking to partner with T25CL in some upcoming endeavors in 2018. So um, when I went there, they were, they were, of course, they were so happy to see me uh, face-to-face. Um, and then, of course, I had VIP um, um, section. I was there and, and, and got, you know, royal treatment for T25CL. Uh, I was able to meet with 105.7 Old School because the theme was Old School by the Pool. And it was a great show. She put on uh, four 45-minute sets. Of course, Kimball, he got down, he did his thing. And uh, Ariella, she did a great, great performance along with her husband, Cedric. And this band she had is off the chain. Oh, my goodness. So I really had a great time. Of course, I, I drove up there to Vegas, <clears throat> um, excited to be there, and drove back. I got back to Cali at like 3 o'clock in the morning, but I was still so excited. I was still pumped up, you know, um, mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing and all the entertainment. And the thing of it is what I see with this is I was able to meet even more people, a videographer, um, more musicians, more singers. Uh, I even met Tracy Morgan's brother, the comedian Tracy, okay, Mm -hmm. his brother Norman. Looks just like him. I mean, these two could pass for twins. This is his brother. He sings with Ariella, and he's a featured artist as well. So, you know, this networking for T25CL and people in this world of entertainment has been such an awesome, awesome ride for me. Mm. And, you know, it's it just going to continue on. Yeah, it sounds great. Because Gimble called me like a day or two after the show, and I really like his energy level. And so looking forward to uh, uh, doing some things with him in the future as well. So that's great. That's a great report. Mm-hmm. Dr. Kweku. Yes, yeah, well, thank you, brother. Uh, uh, good to be with you, uh, you and Roz, this morning. Uh, uh, just just some uh, food for thought here, some things I was looking over during the weekend. Uh, uh, from a, a great writer by the name of James Baldwin, I'm sure you guys know who who he is and who he was. Oh, yeah. And one, and one of his statements that, that always stuck with me <laughs> was, he said to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage almost all the time. And if you look around, you will see that our people are, are consistently in a state of rage. And, and that's, it's, it's not a bad thing because they're fighting against all of these principalities that exist within uh, an illegal or unjust system. That's where we need to be. Now we need to take it to the next level. We need to move past the rage and get the knowledge to to deal with it, to combat the things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it's great to be uh, co-hosted with uh, Brother Andre and Sister Oz on United We Stand. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Go ahead. Now, with all the counseling sessions that you do with, with families and stuff, and now you're making manifest with this tomorrow. You're doing a film festival tomorrow at 12 noon in downtown Oakland. 
And so why don't you tell everybody who's not aware of it about it, and um, I think that people should be there at your festival. So um, tell us something about it tomorrow. Uh, well, yes. Uh, uh, tomorrow at twelve thirty, we're going to start. So people need to get there and be early because we we on we on a time restraint situation. We have to be out of there at two thirty. But uh, we're going to st- begin our first film, African film, at the uh, uh, New Way uh, Park, New Parkway Theater in Oakland at four sixty four Twenty Fourth Street, downtown Oakland. And the purpose of this is is to is to provide a venue by which, uh, you know, other um, black filmmakers can have a place to have their, their films be shown on a continuum, on a regular basis, so that we, as a people, we have alternatives to going and see uh, the Game of Thrones and all this crap that they have in the theaters, you know, so mm-hmm. we, want, we want everybody to come there because this is a, this is a beginning, you know, uh, we want to take this to the next level. We want it to be a regular uh, process by which every week people of color and anybody who are uh, interested in true justice would want to come and listen and view, uh, you know, information that comes from the other groups in this country. We're still like the, the lost, misplaced group. Uh, people are still, uh, I was listening to a brother last night, white people are afraid of us. They're afraid of us. And they're afraid of us because they know from whence we came. They know the greatness of our people. And they know that if we become re-educated and understand, you know, from whence we came, and that there are absolutely no limitations where you can go. If you well, understand what film are you going to be showing tomorrow? Uh, the film we're going to be showing tomorrow is uh, called Rise. And I don't want to tell people nothing about it. I just want you to come and check it out. But... It's kind of a reverse psychology with uh, with uh, African people taking white people into chains and seeing the process be played out. So uh, it, it's it's a it's a dynamite film. It's a short film, but it's a it's a dynamite film because it has a strong message. And I think that our people need to see this kind of stuff because they need to understand what is wrong with us. You know, a lot of people get out there and be critical of us. And sometimes we're even critical of each other, but we don't understand how we got there. I think this film will will give you some enlightenment as to how you got there. And then from there, we're going to have a process. We're going to have some people there that's going to be able to answer questions after the movie and talk about how we can work together to really overcome this major, major obstacle that we're dealing with called America. So who's the filmmaker? Uh, the filmmaker is uh, God. I don't have it in front of me. I should have it in front of me, shouldn't I? Um, is that Dapo? Was it Dapo? Dapo. 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 Yeah. Nigerian filmmaker. Yeah. Filmmaker, yeah, and he's going. He, he's going to be there tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow too, to uh, you know, explain to people what his his impetus for 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 creating this this piece of work. So. Uh, uh, I think it's going to be a good learning experience for all of us involved, and, and it's going to give us a chance to come together when people say we need to come together with these opportunities for us to come together. Movies should not be just something for entertainment. It should also be something that gives you food that you can take with you, and that's what yes, this movie is yes. going to be about. Yeah, yes. yes. Our films need to be educational, informative, yes. 
And even with United We Stand, we see now that Brother Spike Lee is watching us, and so he named his next project United We Stand. And oh, so, uh, great. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. That's jumping off right now, too. Like Somebody sent me a picture of it of it on the uh, movie theater board uh, last week. And so people are looking at us, for sure. And we also want to give a shout-out to our dear brother that we lost this week, uh, Brother Dick Gregory, and oh the work God. that he has been yes. doing for for decades and here in in, um, in this country and standing up. You know, brothers and sisters, you know, when you stand up for black folks, you know, yeah. this is a job. It's a non-team yes. job. You don't get no right. money for it. And what you're hoping is that you can bring awareness to people and that we can build up our, our, whole, our own economy. And this is why I'm doing this radio show this very day is to promote what we're doing here at T25 Seal Entertainment. And so there's something behind it. And so we're not just talking and having nothing else to go on. When you turn the radio off at the end of the show, okay, where else, what else can be done to uh, make something happen? There's always something going on with what we have right now, the things we're planning in the future, and even with what Dr. Kwaku is doing tomorrow, the relationships that Sister Rosalind has, has, has built up, I mean, all the artists that you see on our website has all come from her and her connections and stuff. And so now Dr. Quaker is doing his very first um, film festival. And, and, and it's like I said at the very beginning, every show that we have here on Galaxy Talk Radio is because of T25SL Entertainment. And so we put the platform here, and so these radio shows are there, the, the music station is there, United We Stand, the, the motion pictures there. Uh, none of this stuff wouldn't be happening right now if it, if it wasn't for this concept. And so, so we're reaching out across the globe. We have global connections uh, all throughout Africa with the United Nations ambassadors, the youth development ambassadors there in Africa. And so people are looking at us. And so but we have to make manifest in this, and we got to duplicate our efforts in everything that we do. All right, we're going to go to the boards in a minute, but it's a lot of stuff out there. We're going to leave it up to you guys. You can take it from here. Uh, we got this hurricane jumping off in Texas. We got Trump pardons, uh, Arpeo. We got racism in America. You got Russia. You got Korea. You got Argentina. Um, this other racist just quit the other day in the White House. What's his name? Gothica. And the Treasury Secretary Cohn says White House isn't doing enough regarding racism. And, and so now that these Nazis got involved and started talking about the Jews and stuff, and now this stuff is going to be talked about. If it was just killing black folks all over the place, okay, that's okay. Nobody would be caring about it. But let's see what's on your mind. Let's go to Brother Daryl there in New Jersey. Brother Daryl, what's up with you, man? Hey, Brother Andre, can you hear me? Loud and clear. You're sounding good, brother. It's all good. Oh, that's fantastic. That's, that's fantastic, man. How's everybody today? Good? Wonderful. Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. <clears throat> um, I, I just stepped away from the computer for a moment, so I didn't hear that last question. But <clears throat> what, I, what I wanted to do before I say anything is just digress for a moment and go back to United We Stand, the movie. Yes, that sir, movie. Ahead. I'm sorry? Yes, sir. Go ahead. 
that movie was absolutely great. I know I spoke with you about it briefly, and I spoke with Lady Roz about it briefly, but I just want to say one more time, and I'm going to stop embarrassing you, Lady Roz, that you were absolutely amazing. Embarrass her some more. Go ahead. You were. I got to say, and I was speaking with Brother Brian about it, and I've been putting it out. Um, uh, when uh, Brother Andre, when you gave me uh, that, that promo code, I, I went to work the next day, and I had not only uh, young people watching it with me and my colleagues, but I had uh, the owners watching it with me as well, and and everyone loved it. So you were incredible. You were incredible, Roz. I, I really enjoyed it. And again, that song, um, I miss my time with you. Uh, just just wonderful. Brought back so many memories. The song is so powerful because it's really not meant uh, for that. You're speaking about a loved one, and, uh, but it's so powerful. Right. It brings it brings yeah. back it brings back memories. And you know what was very emotional and touching to me is the way uh, the the film was formatted because at the end of the uh, the movie, which is very close close to that song that you sang. Uh, a picture sprouted of Andre, your, your, your beloved father, and, uh, you know, others. So, you know, it was so powerful that it brought these people back. The, the memories that are in your heart, it just refreshed them. So, yeah, it was wonderful. And all the musicians and Brenda Lee, oh, man, it was just great. So I just wanted to speak about that, you know, really quick. And I wanted to say something else that a lot of people need to speak about with regard to that movie, as, uh, that film as well, the message itself. Is something that should not be overlooked, we, uh, despite the fact that uh, the music is wonderful and uh, the, the putting it together was uh, wonderful. And I know about organizing shows and music because, you know, I, I'm about that. But uh, the message of unity and the message of feeding the children, I mean, that was a very appropriate um, a message. And let me tell you something, people, it, it is well needed. So just had to throw that in there. Oh, thank you very much. And you know, we did have a, a couple of deaths since since that movie. Uh, uh, Brother Gerald Bell, who was with the Five Tempting Men, you know, he oh. never got a chance to see that film. And also oh. Michael Boudreau, uh, one of our videographers, he died as well. And wow. my father, my father died after that, maybe about a year after that, and so did Ricardo's <laughs> mother. That, uh, yeah. About a year after that, and mm -hmm. so uh, so that's why we gave that tribute there at the end. So I'm glad you recognize that. <clears throat> Absolutely, and, and my deepest yeah. condolences. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it the message uh, the, and the tribute. You know, it was just um, again, you know, just soul stirring, and and the message is well needed. So great job, guys. Great job. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So. <clears throat> My week, I've been I've been chilling out this week, Andre, chilling out, putting everything together. Brian and I and uh, Brother Brooks. I'm not sure if Brian's on the call, uh, but I, oh, I think wait. I see him. I'm not sure if that's his uh, his uh, his name. I'm looking at, but yeah, the New Jersey call. We'll we'll find out in a minute if that's him. Yeah, it's probably another brother on on the line. Uh, brother, a friend of mine by the name of Nigel that I had a call in. Also, he's into entertainment and. Uh, social issues, and he's always trying to do uh, some things uh, uh, with regard to uh, positive, uh, some positive things in the community. I, I believe he's on the call as well. But uh, he, he's, he's on the board already. He hasn't called in, so 
Brother Nigel, he, please call in if you so desire. Okay, so 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 Nigel, it looks like you're you're not you're on the board, but uh, the the uh, the calling information that I gave you. Uh, you need to do that, and I don't think that you did call him because I just spoke with him on the phone, so I don't think you did well, call him. So, so, so call in, Nigel. Call in and talk. Yeah, 724 um, and our code is 139-283-POUND. Yes, yes, and if you didn't have time to catch that, Nigel, I did text you the call-in information, so call in. Uh, share that call-in information. Uh, because I'm sure that the brothers and sisters that will call in and that do call in will be blessed by these programs. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was saying, oh, and, and, and by the way, Nigel, there is something that's going on uh, every single day of the week. Uh, as I said, check out the website. I've given you that information as well, and I'm sure, again, you'll be blessed. But call in so we can talk. Uh, anyway, um Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Brian and myself and Brother uh, Ronald Brooks, we've been busy putting it together. <clears throat> um, I have, I think I'm going to cut it down from three three into three guests to one, since this is our maiden voyage. Um, and I, I spoke with the individual uh, uh, last evening. Very excited to get involved. As I said, uh, this show is a platform to uh, empower our youth, show them that there are solutions to their problems. Uh, these individuals, uh, for the first show, the individual that will be coming on uh, has been in the penal system, has success, and, and, and he's been locked up quite a few times. He's a young adult now. He's an older adult now and has gotten out of the penal system. But what amazed me and why I wanted to have him on alone is because he has a passion now for helping inner-city youth. Uh, because, as Dr. Kwaku so eloquently put it, we all need help. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, you know we, I was a youngster at one time, too, fracturing a few laws in, 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 in Harlem, New York. Um, mm-hmm. and, and people helped me, you know, uh, to get out of that and go to school and change my life at an early age. And so he, does, he, he has gone through the same thing, and what he's doing now uh, he, he has a success story. He's been uh, in the juvenile system. Uh, I think he touched on uh, being in the adult prison system uh, or just escaped that uh, because in the state of New Jersey, you can be tried as, as an adult at a very young age and be sent to prison at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, uh, uh, Brother Andre and everyone else, to take uh, a group of my clients uh, to the uh, Scared Straight program. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. Uh, And there was an individual in there who was 35 years old, and he had been in that uh, 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 Rawway State Prison from uh, since the age of 17 Uh, and and, and wasn't coming out for the charge of murder, you know. And so Sasha, which is his name, uh, just touched on that, you know. And right now he's in a position working for the Boys and Girls Club uh, of helping youngsters uh, stay out of the penal system, which is something that he was in. Uh, he understands the recidivism rate is up to, uh, uh, 80-something percent, 60 percent uh, uh, in the juvenile penal system. And, um, you know, first offenders being the age of 15 and 16 years old. So it's going to be very interesting to hear his perspective and, how, and what he's doing uh, he's a very loquacious uh, young man, so uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. So he 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 doesn't mind talking. 
Um, so, yeah, so that, that's where we are now. And also, uh, see, God is so good, you know, as I said, yeah, we, we want to uh, bring our church into this and our teen ministry uh, so that they can talk as well. Um, and uh, it's been so busy with our pastor, with the, with the uh, uh, conventions and uh, his predecessor passing away and things of that sort. But he has granted uh, me a meeting with him on September 1st which is Friday, to give his blessing to this radio show. And uh, we are going to discuss uh, uh, T25CL and uh, all the shows, and especially our shows, and uh, let him know that it's a platform not only for, for that particular ministry, but for uh, other ministries as well, which we hope to implement in the church system. So oh, that's where we are right now. We're looking mm-hmm. forward to your show in uh, two weeks. And, oh, one suggestion yes. I make to you as well. I know you have two weeks to go, but I do suggest uh, that you do a dummy show prior to to uh, coming on the air, and you can set that up for any time, and just so you guys can get the practice in doing it. Um, wow. I can reflect back to Dr. Kwaku when he did his uh, dummy show. Oh man, it was quite hilarious. <laughs> I can imagine. It's a great yeah. idea, so I can imagine. Yeah, I played the role. I called in. I played the role of an old Southern cracker. They called in. It man, it was so real. Doctor Quake Crew thought I was real, and he knew it. Was <laughs> but he, he really got into it. Oh, man. <laughs> You can also play it back. It's just on uh, on him and Corey's the show that they have. It's, oh, please, uh, please, please give me the date. Please <laughs> give me the date of that so I can listen to it. Oh man, <laughs> it, it was uh, <laughs> Dr. Quake Cool was in the zone on that one. <laughs> All right, yeah. but I suggest, yeah, we do uh, just a test show. I call it a dummy show, but we call it a test show, and uh, mm-hmm. everybody we're coordinated and we'll be on the show with you. And, okay. Uh, it, it can only go maybe thirty minutes, so just so you get to okay. doing and uh, engaging a show and how you're going to dialogue back with each other. So we'll set that up. And okay, uh, that's great. So we know next weekend is a holiday weekend, so everybody's going to mm-hmm. be taken. So we won't be on either. So it's something we'll have to do during the week, uh, mm-hmm. maybe uh, the week of your show. So anytime after next weekend, we'll set up a test show for you. Okay. Okay, great. I'm, I'm I'm writing that down. That that's great. That's a great idea, Andre. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Let's go right. forward. Let's see who this is. We have have calling in from California. Where are you, where are you calling in from? California. State your name, please. Hey, actually, I thought I had somebody on that board. This is Oakland, California, live in Central. I, I knew it was you. I knew it was you. It's the best, Rodney Best. So, Rodney. Hi, Rodney. I was just listening to
Rosalind confirmed was the fact of how many of us are just brushing close, walking carefully, being there to support so many people who other people might not think that person is that person. And, it, and it, it's just great. They don't, we don't, I mean, who knows who's behind the stars? And we are really throwing them out there, and I'm so glad that T25CL is out there throwing them out here, throwing them left, throwing them right, throwing them down the middle, and we're getting strikes at the end of that alley. Praise God. Praise God. We're getting strikes. And yes, glad to yes sir. Yes, and I remember we had our community, uh, United We Stand, and Rodney, you came down, uh, you and Myron and Lenny all came down from the Bay Area. We had a great uh, premiere there in um, L.A. when we uh, showed the film. So we all had a great time. Yeah, that, was, that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. I'll never forget the closing of that movie because I think everybody moved down closer and stood up and we just applauded because it it made you think, it made you appreciate, and it made you give homage to the fact that somebody somewhere said denying it we're standing. Yes sir. Yes. Yes sir. And and so this is what is this? Uh-oh. Somebody's doing something there. And so uh, this is what we do here at T25CL. <coughs> this is the, uh, uh, the first of uh, many more to come uh, like this. And all actuality, we're also getting ready to start another series uh, here as well. We're going to be doing some educational uh, short films. They're probably going to be maybe 30 minutes long. And there's going to be like a one-man, one-woman uh, stand-ups. They're going to be similar to what Roger Granier Smith did when he did the Huey T. Newton uh, piece, uh, doing the one-man show. And so we're going to be doing um, some of those here, and uh, hopefully we can get started sometime in uh, September. Brother, I hope you're on this call, and that's why you cannot answer. I'll talk to you later. Uh-oh. 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 Gonna mute him out. <laughs> <laughs> that's Daryl, boy. That's Daryl. Yeah, that's that's, that's Daryl. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I had to mute you there for a second, there, brother Daryl. And so um, we're going to be doing an educational series. And that's one thing too that we created here was a, a, a term of edutainment. You know, education nowadays is is visual. And to capture the the mind here of of the youth, because the attention span is very short nowadays, and so in order to capture them, it, it has to be something visual with learning. And so we're going to do some visualizations with history, and and we're going to start out with Queen Hatshepsut, who is the Queen of Sheba. And that's going to be performed by Sister uh, Kimba Daniels, and she's on our website as well. She's a spoken word artist. She's an actress. And um, Sandra Smith is also going to be um, doing some writing. I'm going to be meeting with them on Tuesday, and they're going to be turning in their 
uh, treatment sheets on on the uh, on the historical figures that they're going to be uh, performing. Let me open Brother Daryl back up. Okay, Brother, Brother Daryl, you know what you call that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, Andre. Hey, listen, man, I was I was all the way in the other room, boy. I tell you, this uh, uh, these, these microphones are very sensitive. Oh, they are. They are very sensitive. We can hear everything in the background. Mm-hmm. All right. Sister Roswell. Yes, sir. All right, my dear co-host. I'm tired of talking. I'm going to turn it over to you. Then I'm going to go about the place. I'm going to go about the place. All right, go ahead. Well, I, I was, um, when we started the show, there's an echo somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but. Um, when you started the show, you wanted to go over a few topics, and of course, we talk about what's going on in in this nation today. I think Dr. Kwaku had uh, touched on it a little bit um, with what's going on with all the upheaval, with all the unrest, all the civil unrest that's going on in this nation today. Um, well, it's it's thrown us back into into the 50s and 60s. Uh, uh, practically, except the KKK and the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists ain't nowhere wearing no sheets no more. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Bill Maher last night, and he's, uh, mm-hmm. man, look here, that, 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 that boy, he, he's on to something, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he had uh, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson on last night and a few other panelists, uh, uh, ex-representative um, uh, from the White House, she was there. And um, they had a gentleman who was an author um, uh, who had uh, his side of the story of what it is to be a white man in this in this nation. And he says a lot of white people are getting the raw deal because a lot of white people don't believe in the KKK and the neo-Nazis and the Ku Klux Klan and everything like that, but it's, they're getting generalized, you might say. Um, so I wanted to really touch with Dr. Kwaku because I don't know if he's heard it, but what's going on with this nation? And do you feel that the the white man is getting the raw deal? Because when I listen to Trump, Lord Jesus, <clears throat> when I listen to uh, the things that he says, he is so contradictory of himself that it's beyond unbelievable. It's beyond unbelievable. I I I am. Um, I know there's so many things that we can touch on, but when we talk about ourselves as individuals, as a nation, um, um, you know, what are your views, Dr. Kwaku? I can even uh, pass that over to Dr. Uh, to uh, Daryl because when we talk about our, the next generation, the generation today, what are they seeing? I mean, what are, I wonder what their minds. Maybe this is something that you're going to bring up with these young people that's going to be brought on board. Um, uh, what are, where's, where's their mindset? What do they think of our government today? And do they choose? Hey, you know what? I'm not going to be like that. I'm looking to do make a change in this in this nation of mine. So, Dr. Quaker, I'm, I'm going to start with you. What, what do you think? Well, wow, that's that's a biggie there. But let yes. me just say this: that the we, uh, I understand. You know, I can almost say I understand white people talking about you know nation nation national. Thing you know, they want their own nation. They want to have control over that nation. So I, I think that this could be a good lesson for our people to look at. the The problem, the problem with us, 
is that we don't want to deal with stuff like nationhood. You know, African people need their own nation. We need to have our own infrastructure. We need to be in control of our lives. And one of the problems is, is that the reason that the problems exist the way that they do, because the white man, for the first time in a, in a long time, is feeling threatened. You know, the, the, the so-called, they said, they call it reverse discrimination, that black, white people are missing out because all mm-hmm. these uh, people are coming here from different countries, and we got all these black people here from Africa. So they're feeling threatened. And, and they really don't have to be threatened if they believe in the philosophy by which they say this country was founded on. You know, that all men are created equal. But see, they want to be in charge. And we have to understand that. And, and, and we should be no less. We should act no less. We should want to be in charge of our destiny. Because I was looking at some stuff last night on uh, apartheid. And I remember in the 60s and 70s and stuff, I mean, 70s, we were really, uh, you know, blackballing companies that was, inve- that was invested in South Africa. Well, let me just give you a little information. They're still invested in South Africa. You know why? Because even when Nelson Mandela became the president, it was still the percentage of people who controlled South Africa were still those same people. They were the ones who controlled the money. Because just like the world now, about I think they say about 95% of the wealth is controlled by 5% of the people on the planet. Well, if you control the finances, you control the rules. You control the laws. And the same thing is going on here. White people are feeling threatened because that's why they keep trying to stack the Supreme Court. You know, they're trying to get their people into these places. And because they feel like if we don't maintain control over these laws and, and they even about the process, they're trying to take the vote back. They're changing the rules around voting to isolate so that they can have total control over the system. So what they're fighting for is control over that system. We shouldn't uh, be against them for that. We should be trying to create and build our own system because the only way we're going to get the justice and get our just due is that we have to be in charge of the situations. We have to be in charge of the education. We have to be in charge of the banks. We have to build the Black Wall Streets. We have to start buying and supporting each other. This is... This is normal for the, any normal person everywhere on the planet wants to be in control of their land, wants to be in control of their resources. You know, but, and, and all, even though the white man came here and stole the land and stole the resources, they've been stealing resources all over the world. So this is a new. And it's, it's time for us to wake up and really start to educate our children in such a way that their focus is not to be uh, – I'm not saying you can't play basketball, you can't play football, or you can't sing or dance, but your focus should not be being a millionaire. Your focus should be how can I best serve humanity, my humanity. You know, they say this stuff starts at home. You take care of home first, and then you let that spread out to the community. That's how a community is built. So we have to wake up and stop buying into this, whole um, melting pot idea that all these people here are going to get along. They are not because there are certain people that's going to be left out. And there's another thing that can never, that will never ever be no such thing as full employment 
That means people are always going to be unemployed. People are always going to be hungry. There's a segment in every society that's going to be that way. And, and the, 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 the lesser, the more we participate in this stuff, you know, the more we be subjected to it. So we have to come out of that. We have to come out of the belly of this snake. And we have to get control of our thinking. You know, because if you don't control nothing, you, you, got, you really got no grounds to fight. That's why we have Black Lives Matters and all these different groups. They are not going to serve any real purpose because you got people like, people look at Trump and they see it's, oh, man, this is the most awful guy on the planet. Well, I know about Trump long before because this guy had 20 or 30 racial discrimination suits filed against him in New York. So he's yeah. not brand new. He's not brand new. His daddy was in the Ku Klux Klan. So are you going to tell me his father didn't pass some of this stuff on to his son? So mm-hmm. we've got but we also got to understand is before Trump got in there, they were trying to take away the right to vote. They were trying to send us all back into the dark ages. They were trying to ma- manipulate uh, the currency and control of, of what we do and where we live and how we live. And so it's not Trump. You know, you can look at Trump now because he's the focal point. But this is the United States of America that has us in the condition that we're in. And, we, and when we stop focusing on it, to me, Trump is a sideshow. He's a sideshow. We have got to... Uh, Let me say something, got, too, Doc, about something that both of you guys are saying. And going back to something Sister Rosalyn said that we're going to go to Brad next from uh, New Jersey. Um, well, about the, uh, something that, that, uh, that Breyer was talking about from the New York Times last night on Bill Maher. He wants to make it perfectly clear, hey, I'm not one of the bad white people. And Correct. this is what is happening now is, yeah, you have a segment of the bad white people. It's the bad white people that get the news, that the Nazis, the Klans, and, and, and all of that. And I said something mm-hmm. on the radio show the other night that um, um, uh, our friend up here in uh, Oregon, uh, Julie Caldwell, um, I had a, a conference call with her the other day, you know, and she's white, and she lives in a town called Ashland, Oregon, which is um, about 99% white. And she was telling us on the conference call that um, one out of eight homes there in Ashland, Oregon, there is a sign in front of the house, there's a Black Lives Matter sign in Ashland, Oregon, in front of the white people's house. Not black folks, but the white folks. And what's happening now is the good the white folks or the ones that want to do good want to be recognized and they want to be isolated away from the bad ones, the, the Nazis and the Klans and the skinheads and the John Burke Society or whatever organization that, that's out there. They want to let the world know, hey, I'm not one of them, so don't put me or us in that category. And I told Julie that what I want to do is do a show with white folks. I want a white panel, and we want to hear from them because we talk about this stuff all the time with us, but we need to hear something from them. We need to hear it from a white perspective. 
on on this issue, this whole black and white issue. It had kind of settled out for a while when Barack was in office, but now with Trump in, and like uh, Dr. Clay Koo was saying, this side show for what it is, but now he is bringing this stuff out. It, it was just kind of numb. It was like being on the operating table, and you know, you're laying there with, with the Novocaine, and you know, when it wears off and you wake up, uh, that's what has happened. He is all these, these these evil folks now. They've awakened from that sleeping stage and now they've come alive. But you're not going to see the good white folks on MSNBC and Fox and and CNN. They're not going to show the good ones. So the good ones now are standing up. I had another uh, white guy to call me, Mark Rosencrantz, who's written a similar type book to what this journalist was talking about last night. Hey, I'm a white man, but look at me. I'm not a bad white guy. And so he wants to come on uh, the show one of these weeks and to talk about his book. I say, okay, fill out the artist registration sheet and put send in your 250 and we'll put it up on the site and then we'll have you on the show. So whenever he does that, I'll have him on the show. I'm not going to give him no feed pro. Can I have oh, another thing, uh, Andre, before you, you before you move on? By no yes, means do do I believe that all white people are bad. But here's the thing. There's a, because of capitalism, there's a gray area here. How many white people, so-called good white people, vote for people like Trump because they think that it's going to help them in their wallet? So we have to be conscious that we have black people who sell out to be a part of this upper echelon who are in control. You know, so it's not a, you, you get into a gray area when you talk about bad white people and bad black people, it, it, there are bad people in every group. In that's every right. group. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. But, 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 but as but a then, bad black person, as a, uh, you're not going to be in Trump's organization unless you're a multi-millionaire. Uh, exactly. I don't care how much you vote for him. You ain't going to get his respect unless you got some money. Trump even said, you ain't get no job here if you broke. What can a broke right. person do? And, and in yeah. essence, it's all, it's all about capitalism. It's about the almighty dollar. It's who controls the money, who controls the wealth, control the politics. Who controls the politics, controls the rules. And that's what we have to start focus on because if we, as long as we focus on marching and, and, and picking, these, picking these little side issues, we're going to be chasing that monkey around and back a dog chasing his tail. What we need to do is to lay out a plan of action and, and start building a African nation. And, and once hey, Daryl, we're, get, we're getting some feedback from Daryl. Yes. Daryl, we're still yes. getting feedback. I think you got your speakers up. Turn, turn your speakers down. Okay. Yeah. So once once we get focused on, on building, rebuilding the African nation, we won't be sidetracked by by the Donald Trumps. Or who gets into who gets voted in the office? Because we will be in control of our thing. We will never be in control of our thing as long as we're trying to uh, imitate uh, uh, some other group or to be part of this melting pot. And so, turn yes, it back over to Andre. All right. And also, you said something too about full employment. There'll never be full employment. Absolutely right. Because uh, with full employment, that also knocks out other employed people. It's just like with uh, crime. Right. What if the criminal said, okay, I'm going to stop being a criminal. I'm not going to jail. That's going to knock out what the public defenders, the people there at the jailhouse, 
the cooks there at the jailhouse, they're not gonna be able to, they're gonna not gonna be able to cook no food because there's no prisoners and stuff. If you if you start if you, if people stop going to jail, it's gonna knock out a system within inside of itself. And especially with the prison system now being privatized, there is no incentive. If you own the penitentiary, you want people coming in there in those beds. You don't want people to do right. Hell, you go back to what you said a minute ago, Doc, about capitalism. And and you're not in there to reform people. And you go to the penitentiary, there should be some type of educational format that's there and instead of them throwing up iron every day and building up muscles and, and stuff mm-hmm. and, and men putting on high heel shoes and lipstick they need yeah. to be in there uh, learning carpentry or plumbing, electrician uh, or computers yeah. or roofing or, 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 or a lot of cats go in there I know a brother that went in there for 40 years, just got out a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and now he's a lawyer. He studied law in the penitentiary. Yeah. So it, well, you hit, you, you hit, got his education in the pen. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head because, <laughs> like, I work with families, and one of the things that I tell families, we, we tend to look at the prison thing because that's the most obvious. But look at the mm-hmm. social service system. How many millions of families and children are locked into the social welfare systems? They're like, they, they, the lawyers, the judges, the family court people, the social workers, the counselors, all of these people would be out of work if families weren't right. destroyed by an unjust system. So you hit it right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah because it creates an economy in itself, unemployment, uh, uh, poverty, crime, all this stuff creates its own economy within inside of itself. And, and, and if our people stop doing that mess, it's going to upset some people. And so, therefore, you got to create the environment for a cat to go out here and sell dope or stab somebody or shoot somebody or break, break into somebody's house. And so you create that environment around them. All right. Brother Rodney, go ahead. You got it. You know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, um, I'm, I'm moving around, so I wanted to mute out and get back in here. But, you know, today, to me, it's a reason. Rodney, are you on a speakerphone? Yeah. Can you hear me? You're, you're coming through as an echo. Oh, okay. Let me, let me move my environment from this spot to another spot. So today, today to me, it's a repeat of 1973, I mean, 78, I'm sorry, 1978, I applied for law school here in California, down in San Diego, and I was accepted, didn't even know anything about law school, LSAT, but I got a good score and enough score that I could go. So I packed my truck, I left William Patterson University, drove across country with a U-Haul attached to my car, pulled up in Oakland, California. My dad, who I hadn't seen in 25 years, tried to convince me to stay in Oakland, and he was going to send me to San Francisco State Law School. And I said, no, 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 I'm going down here to, you know, San Diego. 
and got down to San Diego, and I don't know if you recall a white man named Baki. Baki? I, re- I remember Baki. Oh, yeah, Stephen Baki. Yeah. Complained to the yeah. state of California that he was being discriminated because he was a minority and too many minorities were getting free federal and state assistance to go to post-education, and they shut us down. Yes, they and did. Today, and today we're hearing the same shit. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using the word shit because it's, it's getting, I mean, it stinks. How can they, how can we accept the same shit? They did it. I got evidence. Now they're trying to say that we are we making them look like this. We making we making it look. And and and, and let me correct me if if, if if I'm not trying to antagonize, upset, or destroy anyone who claims to be what they are. But I tell you like this, Andre, Doctor Quaku, Rosalind, Daryl, I walked in that shit. So I know what it feels like to be discriminated and thought of as less than a man. These people running around here, oh, I'm white, I'm okay. No, 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 no. My first job in San Diego, I sat in train home comfort center as a manager, and I had a manager who used to draw baboon pictures and put them on my desk. That was oh, the first no. time in my life, <clears throat> first time in my life I had ever met racism dead in my face. I had went to school all over the East Coast, and I sat there, and I took that store from number eight to number one, but he was writing baboons, pictures of baboons. I said to Mike, I said, what is this? We want to see if you can handle it. I said, who is we? So wow. when they, and then when they make statements like they're making today right now, I say, brothers, sisters, beware. Because we don't know all of them. But beware. I'm not going to close my door. I'm not going to run away. But I'm going to be conscious. And I'm not going to take my fist down and say, United, we stand. Mm-hmm. Come on, yes, sir. Hotel. 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 Brother Darrell. Well, you know, you know what, uh, Brother Andre, <clears throat> I just, um, Rodney, you know, once again, you know, we um, we take each other down memory lane. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a series of events because racism in this country is so prevalent. We have been oppressed for so long. Uh, Rodney, I recall, and I'm not sure if you were with me, but I think you were because we were together so much. Um <clears throat> You know, me being from New York City on the East Coast, living in a black community um, in Harlem and in the Bronx, you know, you don't you don't see too many white people. You know, it's amazing. So you don't realize uh, at 15, 16, 17 years of age that there's a lot of racism um, because, you know, um, I, 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 I say now we uh, the teenagers do. But back then. We weren't really politically inclined, so we didn't watch too much news. We were too busy, you know, having fun and thinking about our lives. But I remember the first time I experienced racism, Rodney, was in William Patterson College, my brother. 
um, very small, and I'm going to give you a series of it, how it built up. Because uh, as you as you move out of your community uh, throughout the land, uh, you you see more white people going to college, and you know my high school was even black, <clears throat> um, and so therefore you experience more oppression, more racism. We were in a, a elevator. I don't know if you recall this, Rodney. And we got stuck in the elevator, and me being claustrophobic, and me and Rodney, you know, were, were strong cats back then. So we pulled that elevator door open and snapped the cable. You remember that, Rodney? Yep. Okay. So, you know, I I, I was claustrophobic. So, you know, I, I went and spoke to a white RA about it because they were like, well, how did y'all break this elevator? We were stuck in the elevator. It was hot night and couldn't breathe. And, and, and he actually said to me that niggas are too uppity nowadays. This was in 1973. And I, I said, what? And I'm ready to punch this guy in his face because I'm not used to this, okay? But, uh, you know, I, I kind of looked at it like uh, I had just had an, um, a, a meeting with our dean, Dean Bacole at that time. So I said, well, uh, not knowing that he had become a support system to me, I went and spoke with him about it. And, and, and this was another white guy, but he was cool. And he spoke with us about it and you know, um, you know that kind of uh, that individual was reprimanded. I don't know if you recall that, Rodney. But then and I was 18 years old. I remember, I remember. Yes, yes, because it was a big thing. It was a big thing throughout the black community within the college. You know, I started a big thing, and you know, me having Rodney, Rodney had always had a loud voice. You know, he he didn't back down from anybody, and neither did I. So you know, it was a big thing in college then. So uh, I I think that kind of wiped away some, but it, it only swept it under the rug. Because when I was about 22, 23 years old, uh, 24 years old after school, I was, um, you know, always sang. I was singing, writing, you know. And I was in a production company called Fourth World Productions, and we traveled throughout the nation uh, and uh, uh, going down south. You know, these experiences need to be shared so everyone can hear these. These young people can hear it. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, <clears throat> we stopped on the side of the road because it was a road. This is probably 1976, uh, I'm sorry, 1978 or 79. First time uh, in my adult life that I was down south because my mother's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, and, uh, you know, we stopped and asked for some sodas, and they said uh, this white guy came out, uh, you know, um, presenting himself as a friendly character and saying that, well, y'all a singer group, huh? Well, y'all are great. Can y'all sing for us? You know, and it's uh, like the five heartbeats. We singing out there on the road in South Carolina. Not knowing that this guy, you know, had uh, other intentions. Uh, so then after we finished, he was like, okay, you guys are good, but y'all better get to y'all hotel now because the jackals don't like niggers out here. Cool. That took me back. I was like, whoa, what is this? Now, you know, I'm like 24 years old now, somewhere in that area, and I'm like, I can't believe this. So we, we, we continued to the South of the Border Hotel, and people... The next day, when we got into the swimming pool, and there's another incident. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be short. I don't want to go through all of it. There's a lot of discrimination down there. Uh, went to the swimming pool. Every single white person got out of the damn pool. Mm -hmm. And can you believe that? Can you believe the shock and amazement that? And it was very obvious. And you know they were talking and all these type things. So. You know, this has been going on forever, and, you know, I, I, I just brought that up, you know, to 
follow up on what you were saying, Rodney, but this is a segue into the perspective of how our young people are feeling today. I was a young right. adult back then. Right, Rod? But, but let me tell you something. Um, young people, what do they think about Trump? Well, I know, because I was just on the phone uh, with, with, with the brother that was uh, going to be on, and, and he and I were talking about his children. And, you know, they think, and they, they are, in, in my opinion, so correct. Uh, Dr. Quaker, you said it. Um, uh, Trump's father was in the KKK. There are pictures of him hugging the KKK with his mother and his mother. The young people think that uh, Trump is a, uh, a racist. I know because I speak with them directly as well. And you know what? Not only the white people are feeling threatened, but the young people are feeling threatened as well. They are feeling threatened as well. Uh, they feel that they are back in the belly of the beast right now. Nothing is going to change right now. It's going to get worse because of Trump uh, be, being in office. So that's why, again, I think this show is, is, is so important. I think this platform, this forum is so important because we need to talk to them and counsel them. Just Friday, uh, uh, yesterday at my job, I was talking to these cats, and they were telling me, uh, what can we do now? We can't get any jobs. Uh, he's not going to give us any jobs. Uh, are, are, are our parents going to be laid off? I mean, I mean, they have the wherewithal to think about these things now, um, more so than we did at, when we were that young, you know? Um, so we, we need to pose questions to them, like, what would you do if, and, you know, things of that sort. Um, because, uh, 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 and, and we need to talk about education to these, to the, to these youngsters. So, again, it's going to be extremely uh, interesting um, and important for us to speak with these young people, these young people, because I want to tell you something, people, at this point, they are losing hope. Yep. They are losing yep. hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brother Darrell, you got the platform now to uh, make your work manifest in itself, and I know that you and the other three brothers are going to be reaching out and you're going to be touching a lot of people. So this is one of our missions is to reach out over this platform and to help as many people as, as we possibly can. And, brother, with your voice, man, and with your video that Sister Roz and I saw, man, you have a great stage oh. presence yourself. And you, you, not only do you have a great voice, but you know all of the proper hand gestures and stuff on the stage. And that's those the things that I look at as a filmmaker is how one carries himself while they're on the stage. Sister Roz does yeah. that very well, too, how she carries herself. On the stage, and a lot of people are not stage ready when when they perform. They just get up there mm -hmm. and do their thing, and and mm -hmm. that's it. But you mm -hmm. can also be entertaining by the way you handle yourself uh, on on stage as well. So, but you do a great job of that. Okay, um, absolutely. But everybody, check out Daryl's video. What's the name of your song again on YouTube? Um. My testimony, uh, I, I made it this far by the grace of God. Man, I'm looking forward to you and, you and Sister Rosalind collaborating on a song one day, and I think that will be a great video with the two of you guys doing something. Oh, I, I, I would absolutely love that, Roz. I would absolutely yes. love that. I'll yes, because I, well. Did you see it. that video, Roz? I sure did. I really enjoyed it, sir. Yes, oh, I'm glad you did. Yes, Praise I God. Did. Praise God. Yes, yes. 
And, uh, okay, before we get into the second hour, this is T25C, Only Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio, United We Stand. I'm your host, Galaxy Chief Andre Ward. And uh, check us out over the T25CL network. Go to www.t25cl.com. Check out our artists, download their CDs, and check out the aforementioned film, uh, United We Stand. You can rent it uh, for 48 hours. And what's that price again, Sister Roz? Five ninety five. <laughs> Doctor Quaku, what's the name of your book? Uh, White Out. Check it out. It's uh, what is it? Four ninety five on the website. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, check it out. It's, it's really, really good book. Uh, it, it speaks to the the issues that we're dealing with today. You know, and it, also there are some solutions in there. One of the things I I learned from a, another person that, about writing. Lots of people write books. And they write books about the stories of their life experiences, but very few of them them put together a program at the end of that book to tell you how to overcome and and how to manipulate the process so that you don't fall into that same trap. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Write out. And I have another book out called Ordinary Dads in Search of Manhood. Great book for for young fathers. you know, I've even had ladies, women to buy the book and buy it for their kids and buy it for their sons or their husbands. Uh, a lot of great information. So check us out. You know, you can go to my website at uh, org, and you can see all of my products on there. Thank you. All right, cool. All right, and I'm going to turn the show over to Sister Rosalind and Dr. Quake Koo. But before we do, I want to bring on Brother Brian Carter. He's been hitting us with notes on the screen here for the past hour or so, and I know he has something to do, but uh, I insisted that the brother come on and spend a few minutes with us to introduce himself. He's got to come from hide behind those trees and come to the open Uh-oh. and come on and introduce yourself, man, typing all these notes and all that stuff. Well, and come on now. On. Go ahead, Andre. Come on. We we don't have to be a T two five CL entertainment band. Come on now, <laughs> I was just we'll trying to, I was just trying to see if it was going to work. You know, if we were all on the same page. But my name is Brian Carter. I just want to say hello to everybody. And I know up, I, I I got to step out because I'm supposed to meet somebody a half hour ago. But I wanted to be on this teleconference, and, and I hear everything everybody's saying, and I, I agree with with. Uh, what everybody's saying. My perspective comes from a different angle because I was brought up in a 95% white community. And, you know, living in, in that type of environment, and even though we, we lived in a white community, our parents exposed us to all things black. We went to um, black recording, I mean, black poem readings by uh, Nikki Giovanni and stuff in New York. And we went to a lot of. Uh, the black museums in New York when we were kids. And the day after the Newark riots, our parents took us down to Newark. Of course, here we are, all these all these black kids riding in a, a Cadillac, driving through the burnt-out sections of Newark. But we were exposed to all these things so that we would not be, we, we would not think that we were better than anybody else. So I, I, I just look at these things as, you know, we are we have problems in our country right now, especially with 45 being in there and saying the dumb things that he says every five minutes he opens his mouth. <coughs> but I just wanted to say hello, and you know I just wanted to get some clarification on how to work this this uh, this soundboard. And 
I will I will be back on the next the next uh, program next Saturday. Although I'll be down in Georgia. Uh, no, we won't be on next next Saturday. Oh, it's you won't. Holiday weekend, so we're gonna take off next weekend. But we are gonna do a test show with all four of you guys. All right. Yeah. All you have to and, do is let me know. I mean, I'll I have a computer down there. I'll bring my laptop with me because I do wanna I do wanna do it, run through the test show with you. All right. Okay, Because, yeah, I got to go down to Georgia, pick up my mom, take her to Pennsylvania, because my sister just got a job as president of Shippenburg University in, Pres- in Pennsylvania. So we're going well, to... Congratulations. Thank you very much. We're going to the presidential house, and then we're going to the presidential football game. Oh, great, awesome. man. Fantastic. And That's I'm great, sure Brian. I mean, you know, when 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 God throws these things into our sphere of of of, of existence, you know, we have to we have to embrace them. We have Absolutely. to embrace them, but we also have to let people know that these opportunities are available to all of us if we do what we have to do to get there. Yes. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Brian. Right, Brian. <clears throat> Absolutely, right, so Brian. Everybody, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy your holiday. I'll be on the road Monday morning, 5 o'clock. Pray for me for a safe journey, and I will I will see you all again or hear from you all again. All right. All right, brother. Take right. care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, Brian. Uh, Traveling Mercies, Brian, and I will be getting in touch with you. I'll oh, facilitate I know uh, this training for, uh, uh, you know, for Andre, myself, um, Brooks. Um, you'll probably be calling for, me later on today, so. For the test show, okay? Okay. All right, my brother. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Lady Rise and Dr. Quake Koo, you have Rodney Post and you have Daryl on as well. And uh, throwing you guys under the bus. And so just go ahead and open forum, talk about whatever you want to talk about. You can talk about uh, whatever you want. Uh, remember, Trump did a bunch of things yesterday and on a Friday. It's one thing about the media. In Fridays, it's usually a, a dead day in the media. And usually, uh, the presidents, they sneak stuff in on Fridays, and then they let all the talking heads over the weekend talk about it on the on the Sunday morning uh, talk shows. And so now they'll know how to... <laughs> respond on Monday. So uh, he let that uh, racist sheriff out of jail on Friday. That was all time. And he did it during the time of a major hurricane hitting uh, the southern portion of Texas. And then this other racist dude, what's his name, Gothica, uh, just resigned uh, yesterday from the White House. Uh, you have the Jewish Treasury Secretary saying, hey, the White House is not doing enough because uh, these people are saying, he's... uh-oh, I think you got some noise, Daryl. I think that's you. I think that's you. And, um, and so all this stuff is coming out. Uh, and I've said it before over the airways. None of this store stuff is normal. Normal. And so, to me, there's something else bigger going on behind the scenes. There's a much bigger plan. And I, and I really think that this Russia stuff, this Korea stuff, and all of a sudden, two Navy boats getting sucked by a fishing boat, 
and then the Nazis and the Klan are coming out, uh, the worst White House administration you've ever seen has, has popped up. So we know how these people do things. And it's just like a musician. A musician will hold up his hand and with a rabbit coming out of a hat, but he's got his other hand behind his back doing some other stuff. So Doc and, and Roz, you guys take over or go whatever direction you want, but it's some strange stuff going on. This is this is not normal. Yes, and you can well, remember uh, that Afghanistan as well. Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, what did Bill Maher you know, say about Afghanistan? What did, what did Bill Maher say about Afghanistan last night? You remember that? <coughs> no, I don't remember that part. I remember Trump was talking about how he was going to end this war in Afghanistan. It's ridiculous. Why spend all that money over in yeah, Afghanistan? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and, and, and I, Barack Obama wanted to keep him there. Yeah, and it's been going on for 16 years there in Afghanistan. And it's been going on for a reason. And Bill Maher brought it out last night. Something to make you go, hmm. It's because it's a bordering country to Pakistan, and Pakistan has nuclear weapons. And yes. so they don't want uh, the Taliban taking over Pakistan. And so this is why they, they have this front of, like, they want to do a war in Afghanistan. It's all a dog and pony show. It's just that they want to be close to Pakistan. And then on top of that, they said they didn't want them to be um, controlled over any nuclear weapons as well. Right. But in uh, uh, Pakistan has the weapons. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. don't want the Taliban going there, taking over the government um, uh, and, and getting a hold of those nuclear weapons. And this is why we are there in uh in Afghanistan. Oh, hold on a second. This is a New Jersey call coming in, and you guys can can take over from there. Hello, New Jersey. State your name and where are you calling in from? I'm calling from New Jersey. The name is Nice. Uh oh, you twinked out. What was your name again? Um, I'm calling from New Jersey. Okay. What's your name? Nigel. Michael? Okay. Go ahead, Michael. No, no, Nigel, Nigel. Not Michael, Nigel. Oh, oh, Nigel. Nigel. All right. Welcome, Brother Nigel. How's it going, man? Um, It's going good. Everything's good. Can't complain. All right. Hey, uh, Brother Andre, this is a a friend of mine, Nigel Clark from New Jersey. Uh, This is the brother I was telling you about who's... uh, um, a very close friend of mine. We used to we used to work together. He was uh, somewhat instrumental with me in obtaining jobs for over thirty youths to uh, provide them with uh, job jobs and responsibilities. He's, uh, he's he's into a few things and always interested to do positive uh, reinforcement within the community. Great, great. It's a pleasure to meet your brother, Nigel. Uh-oh, Daryl, I think you got a lot of noise in the background. There. Yeah, I think that's no, Nigel. That's, Nigel, whatever that's, noise that's, you have in the background, you need to turn it on. Um, I can. I'm on the train station, man. Oh, you're on the train station. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
All right. Okay, Roz and, and uh, Doc, go ahead. Okay, well, we'll have the young man um, mute his yeah. phone. Yeah, just mute. mute. Um, okay, is, okay. is, 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 this a little, is this a little better? Yeah, 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 that's better. That's is this a little better? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, much All right. better. Okay, so um, when we, we're speaking on the different issues, so many issues that's going on in our nation today, and like we were speaking on with Afghanistan. Uh, Barack wanted to leave them there. Trump said, get them out. Now he's changed his mind. Um, there was an article that said there's only one real indicator of victory in Afghanistan, and, and, and Trump skipped past it in his speech. Uh, and it says that victory is in this nearly 16-year 16, 16 war will come when Afghan people stand unified behind their government, willing to risk their own lives and defend their own country from internal and external threats. But deep within his speech on the way uh, forward in Afghanistan, Trump did underscore the importance of the Afghans taking greater responsibility. But it was buried, you know, as usual, buried in some of his macho references to Americans attacking our enemies and, and obliterating ISIS. This is one of his main speeches that he's been talking about, obliterating ISIS. And until Afghans come to, to value the, the nationhood and the freedom that accompanied the, 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 the troops, 2001, 2001, U.S. ousted the Taliban oppressors, they will forever be locked in a cycle of war and military dominance. And you think about this is a 16-year war, 16-year war, and we're still fighting. And Trump, he's yin and yanging, okay, in just about everything he does. Uh, I'm sorry, just about everything he does. And, of course, we have those who are backing him with this yin and yanging. Um, but with our giving up our lives and the things that our, our troops are dying for, for these other nations to build a better world, not just a better United States. Dr. Kwaku, and I'm going to ask Rodney this as well. What is your stance on this 16-year war? And what we're, we're as a people, not only as a, you know, African Americans, but as a, as a nation, what we're giving up to support these other nations? I'll start with Dr. Well, Kwaku. Well, my, my, take, my take on it is that... Uh, if you look at the history of this country and Israel, I thought the United States of Israel, they've been, they've, been, they've been at war somewhere in the world for 100 years. They have never stopped fighting. And so, uh, you know, I understand they're talking about this nuclear weapon, but you, you have to look at this from a perspective of it's just like North Korea. You know, they make yeah. us think that this, this un guy is, is nuts. But what he is afraid of is the is the United States taking over their country. That's what he's afraid of, and he feels like he don't want to jump on the United States because he knows that he basically probably cannot win a war like that. But the real deal is people want these nuclear weapons because it'll be a deterrent from these superpowers coming in and taking their resources and 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 manipulating the process and and so that they they become a small America. 
you know, that's the same thing with Iran. They they were building on trying to build those nuclear weapons. They went over and made some kind of deal, but you bet they paid billions of trillions of dollars for, to get them to stop what they were doing. But if you look around, who has nuclear weapons? Russia, uh, Israel, uh, the United States, Pakistan, uh, China, and and uh, this uh, over here in North yes. Korea. Yes. And and so these people. You know, they, they have the ability, somebody who has a nuclear weapon has a deterrent from one of these other countries coming in and invading them. And that's what they're afraid of. You know, so I, when, you, when you listen to that stuff in the media and you, and you say, wow, why don't these people have a right to build a nuclear weapon also? How do we know the U.S. won't, won't decide? Uh, look what they did over in Iraq, you know. They went over there and blew up everything, killed innocent people, because what they wanted was oil. And so we keep looking at these other places as if these people are bad people. We have the bad people here who are controlling a lot of this stuff. So, you know, as a people, you know, people ask, why don't the, the people in Afghanistan rise up and, and take control of their government and weed out this stuff? Why don't the people in America rise up and be the America that they propagate themselves to be around the world? Because they want to keep us separated and divided so that we can never focus on them. And I keep trying to read There's two books out. One is called The Wandering Jew, and the other one is called The International Jew. These books were written back in the 30s, 40s. They tell you the plan that you are seeing before your face and on the news every day. They right. tell you this is going to happen. So, you know, we, we walk around and we're in the dark because we don't educate ourselves. And I just wanted to share something with you guys, and then you guys can take over and give me and, and respond whatever way. But this was something that was written by, uh, 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 I, I know most of you people are familiar with Carter G. Woodson. Yep. He 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 wrote that, he wrote that uh, the book uh, the miseducation of the Negro. But here was here was something that he said. He said philosophers have long conceded that every man has two educations: that which is given to him, and the other that which he gives himself. Of the two kinds, the latter is far more desirable. Indeed, all that in man he must work out and conquer for himself. It is that which constitutes our real and best nourishment. What we are merely taught nourishes the mind like that which we teach ourselves. Nothing, nothing takes the place of the education that you go out and get for yourself. And so all these things that we are seeing, they've been prophesied, if you want to use the word prophecy. And they're in books. You know, they're 30 and 40 years old. But because we don't read, because of we are still being miseducated by a system that is totally dysfunctional. You know, until we change those systems, we cannot save ourselves from this stuff. We must. We must absolutely take control of our destiny, and that means nation building. And when you talk to our people, I will guarantee you a half of them, or maybe even two-thirds of them, don't want to hear them about no nation building. They love the United States of America. We need mm-hmm. to love ourselves. We need to love ourselves more. And I'll turn it back over to you, Roz. 
Well, yeah, because the main thing I, I wanted to comment on that because when uh-huh. Trump went out of his way to criticize Obama and to even to to, to deride the concept of nation building, okay, he derided that concept of nation building. So you know, he added that the United States would continue to to use like economic development aid in its way of promoting Afghanistan's uh, stability. And and like you say, in nation building, economic assistance is nation building. Bringing right. the people together is nation building, but right. you got to think about all the things that's going on, even within our country. We, we as women, we have rights. Okay, women have the right to work. We, girls have the right to attend school. Uh, women have uh, uh, must never be in prison for for being killed or raped. You know, for being raped by these people. These things are, uh, I think, was even in Obama's mind when we think about the concept of of not only na- well, nation building but world building. And so when we think about us as a people uh, coming together at, uh, economically, education-wise, um, being made more aware of our history, our children, what it's, man, if there's one thing that I, as a mother, I think about our children, I think about the children in our family, you know, what they think about this nation today, what is a mindset? And I, and I can't wait till um, Brother Daryl and, you know, the rest of the gentlemen come on with their show as well, because that's one thing we definitely need to have on our show. And then what Brother Andre was saying as well, you know, bring, you know, white people on who who have a vision to build a nation and not tear it down. Um, let's go to Brother Rodney. Brother Rodney, give us well, your, your, your comment. Well, you know, I every time I hear something about the Middle East or that other continent, as I call it, the other continent, I get nervous. I get nervous. I get nervous because I don't have eyes on that continent. I only can have ears on that continent because, see, I I don't control the media. I don't have jurisdiction over how to edit and dictate the news. We as black people, we as Negroes, we as colored, we as African Americans have to really begin to understand. We have ears on that continent. It's hard to me, to me it's hard for an American of African class or minority class to really say I am looking at that continent. Maybe I mean, you know, it's not for everybody. There are some people that have looked at that continent. But for you that are living here, me, trying to regain a black Wall Street, trying to regain a Calabasas here in California, it's hard for me to say. I got eyes on that continent because mm-hmm. they're saying what they did. They're saying what they're going to do. They're saying what they want to do. And all we can hear is what those people say and what we're being told to listen to. I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's the truth. That's why I'm saying I get a fear. I get a fear because it's, which way do I go? And 
my my growth is to stand still. You know, I don't um I don't knock it. I'm not gonna push it. But what I'm gonna do is stand still and say, Well, okay, you're saying they got nuclear arms. Okay, let me listen to this. Okay, where's the nuclear arms? Oh, okay. If you're saying you they got they built a nuclear bomb, I wanna see the people who building these bombs. Show me something. Don't show me the one leader. Show me the facilities. Show me the bombs. Show me show me the whole picture. So now I can get eyes on it because I'm getting a lot of ears on it. They said it was a nuclear explosion in North Korea. We did, we heard about it. Did anybody see it? I don't I don't recall no pictures of it. But people said they they, they exploded a bomb. And so today, today, as I walk forward with the children, I'm telling them you have more intellect, you have more tech skills than what they might believe. Show us the pictures so that we can listen to the picture. Because right now and today, we got people walking down our street with assault rifles. And we're looking at another country of what they're doing over there, listening to a man trying to take focus off of what he supports here and put us over there. So I say to Mr. Crump, and I'm going to go with this, Mr. Crump, we're going to keep focus on this land. We can see this. You're not going to distract my ear and put me over and cross the ocean. I can't reach over there and help them, but I can reach over here and help my brother. I can reach over here and help my sister. I can open the door to help my children, Mr. Crump. So I'm going to crumble you down with this. And I hope that people with listening to this understand what he's trying to say. I'm just a messenger. Don't beat me. I'm just a messenger. But think about it. How many years have we listened to what's going on over there? We have never seen for ourselves only what they permitted us to see. We never saw a beautiful Africa. We never saw colleges in Africa. But we listened. So in America today, I'm beseeching African-American, colored people, Negroes, black people. I'm beseeching you. Look what, look at what's in front of you. Let's move, like Dr. K. Cool, I agree with you. Let's move to rebuild and reestablish an economy where the dollar can get spent in our community two or three times before it go out the door the way it used to be when we were living in Oakland, California, and all these little businesses opening up on the corner in Oakland. Come on, brothers and sisters. You look at Rodney, why don't you open one? Why do I have to open one? You, you 2930, you open one. I'll come and support you. Let's think like that again. Let's see our front door. Let's go in our backyard, open the door for our kids. Because we can't see what's going on over there. We can listen to that man, Crump, distracting us, 
and keeping us from moving forward and growing higher. That's my statement. All right. All right. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. Go ahead, Dr. Pico. You want to say something? Oh, no. I, well, yeah, no, I concur. You know, um, mm-hmm. what, what Brother Rodney stated there so eloquently. Um, it is absolute must. And I think sometimes we, it may seem like we are harping on an idea, but an idea is, it first becomes an idea, then you put it into action and make it into a reality. The reality is that we need to be working every day. Every time I open my mouth or we open our mouths, we need to be talking about building our nation, rebuilding our nation, and taking back control of our lives and, and creating a world where we can raise our children up where they will see something that, that life is important. It's not the almighty American dollar. It, that life is important. And we That's can right. only teach them that when we have the ability to control what goes into their heads. I, I forget there was a, another writer. I, I like to quote a lot of these guys because I really like And he was stating that he who controls the culture controls the people. So right now, living in the United Snakes of America, they control the culture. They flash yep. in the culture that they want people to see in the movies, in the television, everywhere, 24 hours a day, on the phones. We got kids that they can't put these little machines down. They're on them like they sleep in the bed with them. So yep. these they are raising and educating your children the way that they want them to go. And then when we step in and try to uh, enforce some, some, you know, the old style way of the, our parents dealt with us, uh, you know, I see parents down there in the court, you know, daily uh, because they haven't done anything wrong. They just tried to chastise their child. You know, uh, I was in court with a lady the other day and, and, and she grabbed her daughter by the arm. And some people bruise these when you grab them. I don't, I don't know, you know. But anyway, her daughter had cussed her out and threw a telephone at her because she wanted to take the phone away from her because of what she was doing on the phone. The woman wound up in court for suspected child abuse. Hmm. We will never be able to get our community back as long as these children uh, are totally bought into uh, and educated by the system at large. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you, it's, we talk about the prison system, but I'm, if you just see those parents... Every day I get new cases coming to me where these parents are in court. And you go and sit down and you talk to these parents and you find out that they're pretty regular people. But they don't have any control over their household anymore. So parents don't want to be there. They say, well, if I can't chastise them, maybe I should let, maybe the court should take them. Because they have destroyed our ability to to create a dynamic within the framework of our homes and our communities so that we don't have no control over them anymore. And then they turn around and come in and blame us for the condition. Yes. Uh, yes. So go ahead. But, but talk also, Doc, too, with, with these parents with these bad children, per se, just to give them, put them in a category. Uh, I would like to see what these, these parents are feeding these children as well. Are they giving them Captain Crunch and Coca-Cola in the morning? And, and you know, are these kids getting a balanced nutrition from home as well? 
a lot of these kids are on these sugar highs as well. And if the parents are ex-dope addicts and stuff, that stuff passes through the genetics as well, too. And this is when you have a lot of deviant behavior in the, in with, with, with these children. And then are, they, are these children watching their, their parents smoke cigarettes and, and drinking Mad Dog 50-50 as well? And... Uh, and, and, and all these other uh, crazy uh, alcoholic drinks that you get from the corner neighbor, neighborhood liquor store, you know. And so when the child starts ingesting this stuff at a young age, because the child's mind is very susceptible to good and evil, and if what they're getting is evil at an early age, whether it's through the food or whether it's through the television or through rap music or tobacco or just observing men coming in and out of the house if there's no father there, rotating in and out of the door in the bedroom, if they're witnessing this type of stuff, it's going to go through the, the child itself. And, and so a, a lot of this stuff is the byproduct of, of the parent or parents. It, it just depends on, on that situation at home. And now this is not uh, an exclusive on, on poverty. I mean, there's also good people who make uh, bad children as well. Those parents that were billionaires had the two sons that killed them. Right. And so, you know, you get into that deviant behavior too with the rich people because the, the rich kids are saying, hey, we'll just go ahead and off the mother and the father so that we can get all the money ourselves. Yeah. yeah, but the Menendez brothers, they, they were saying yeah. they were confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can get two sets of deviant behavior, and the deviant behavior it isn't just isolated into the, the black communities. It's also oh, no. on the other side of the hill, too, but they get a whole other level of it. Yeah. What they're most familiar with is is the the bad child or what do you call them? Baby's kids or Nene's kids or and what's what's the what do you call it? Baby's kids. Yeah. Yeah, kids. And so this is what we relate to in in our community is those sort of things. But I'm telling you if if the white folks were on here too, they would uh, uh maybe their kids are getting too much caviar and, and feathered under glass or something. Who knows? But it's something that's, that's, that's driving their their kids crazy as well too, and and yeah. so. But in, in our community, we 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 know we know, and and this is one thing that I harp on all the time is is nutrition, and what are these parents feeding uh, these children? And and now they're even coming on the internet and television and stuff. Stop feeding your, your children the the box cereal. Because it's got uh, certain poisons and stuff in in the box cereal, and so and, and so and it's one thing too that people are deviating away from is is just cooking uh, the the raw vegetables and uh, that maybe uh, uh, baking some fish and baking some chicken, and nobody has the time or the inclination to. Uh, get out here now and go to that laborious act of shopping for fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, and uh, poultry and, and fish. 
and also using uh, food supplements in the form of uh, vitamin B, C, D, and E to supplement what was was not in these foods. And even the good foods is not all the way perfect. They got some stuff in it too. So, but we know that the bad stuff is is just totally, totally bad. So Amazon. um, Amazon just took uh, will be taking over Whole Foods, and you know about Whole Foods. Their their food is pricey, but it's most of their food is nutritional. While well, they call it Whole Foods, but even with Whole Foods, it's been found that not all their food is Whole Foods. Okay, so yeah, you have that as well going on when you're going to the stores and buying, you know, your groceries and trying to get you know nutritional value out of the food that you purchase. And you want to cook those books. I myself, I love to cook. I drink all that. I love to cook. I just oh yeah, um, that's just gonna throw down too. Oh, what you talking about? Oh. Well, well, you know, one other one other thing is that that the, you hear people always talking about organic food, and yeah. and a lot of people don't even know what the term means. And you know, I did some research into it. You know, organic and organic and people anybody can call their food organic if they are not within a seven mile radius. That's the rule in California where there are pesticides being sprayed, you know, to kill all of the different insects and things that grow on plants and foods and stuff. So, you know, uh, you don't know whether the stuff is organic or not. The only thing you can do is get it home and wash it and, and do the best you can to make it mm-hmm. make it powerful. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, you know Dr. what they call Whole Foods? Dr. Quaku, you, 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 you and I think alike, man. I'm serious. Because, just let me be real quick, I'm trying to figure out, when they had that civil war, and they were blowing up the ground. Now, this day, a civil war was only on the East Coast. They were out here with grenades, I mean, with uh, uh, them little, what they call them, little cannons, and they were shooting gunpowder gun into the ground. I mean, they were blowing it up. How did they change that soil? Wait a minute, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm going to let it go right here. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's right. They changed it. They dug it up and turned it over. Now they say it's organic. I'm going to leave that one with y'all. Oh, my. And, 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 you know, another thing that scared me, you know, is when you go in the store, I try to go to the farmer's markets as much as possible, but I know that that stuff is still not organic. But you ever go in the store and they got, a, a, a you know, oranges in there that look like grapefruits? Or they yeah. got, and you know, I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is not the normal size for an orange. So they must have did something, injected something to make those things grow like that. So you've got to be careful what you're buying. You almost have to know the farmer that you're buying from and know how they grow and process that stuff in order to walk away and feel comfortable with it. You know, you don't know what you're eating. You just have to be careful. Hey, y'all heard about the issue up in downtown by that whole food store down by the lake where uh, they, they're calling uh, people niggers and going out and disgracing black folks. We're supposed to be going down there and demonstrating, I think, tomorrow. Have you heard oh, about yeah? that? I no. hadn't heard about it, but, uh, you know, as soon as the my event is over, I'll try to get some people to come over there. What time are you guys going to be there? They said they're going to go down. I think they said from 12 to 4. I'm not sure. I would have to check my Facebook page. A couple yeah. of, um, couple of uh, comedians who are – very supportive. One of his friends uh, 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 got got targeted, so he's uh, he was a security guard down here. So he's asked oh. people to come here, and and what he said, he wanted us to 
march or do a march. I, I have to look at my Facebook page now. I'll call you guys and tell you more about it, but it's going to go on. It's a peaceful, a real honest, peaceful walking protest. So, okay. I have a question for Daryl. I have a question for Daryl. Uh, Daryl, are you still there? Daryl? Okay, he must be having issues. All right, well, I'll, I'll let that pass by. All right, I'm going to turn it back over to you, uh, Chief, because I'm uh, getting ready to uh, call it a day. Got a lot of things yeah. on my shop. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is Saturday. This is Honeydew Saturday. I got things I got to do as well. And so this has been a great show. And once again, you know, we have to do our part, too. We talk about it, but now we got to be about it as well. And so we do it through our shows, of course. And so with all of our Galaxy Talk shows, let's duplicate our efforts. And let's get the word out there. And let's get the people calling in. And, of course, support T25CL Entertainment. Check out United We Stand. And, and check out our music, listen to our radio, too. While you're sitting at home doing work or while you're at your office, listen to the 24-7 music radio station. We have a mixture of music in there. Okay, let's wrap it up for this Saturday. Unless anybody has any closing comments, we'll sign off. And Dr. Kwaku has his, uh, uh, his film festival tomorrow at 12 o'clock. And what's the name of the venue again, Doc? Uh, it's at the uh, New Parkway Theater in Oakland at 464 24th Street between Broadway and Telegraph. And we will be okay. starting on time, so please be on time, folks. Yes, you have to be there on time because we're on a time restriction only for two hours, and we have to terminate it after the two-hour period. Okay. And Sister Rosalind, do you have anybody special on your show next Wednesday? Uh, next Wednesday, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Larry Karn, and um, I'll have more information about him, <clears throat> but he's going to be a, a, a guest who's going to be very informative, a lot of information that he's going to be sharing uh, regarding himself and what's going on in, it, in the nation on his side of the world up there in Atlanta, Georgia. No, right, cool. And if the brothers from New Jersey, if you guys are up at 10.30 on Wednesday evening, tune in to Roslyn's show as well. And, Daryl, I'll be talking to you, and we'll see about setting up a day and a time to have your test show. And just let us know when you want to do it. And uh, Sister Roslyn will definitely be there because she's the best teacher in the house. And so let her <laughs> teach you so you do it all the right way. I'll tell you how to do the wrong way. <laughs> so let uh, Roswell teach you how to how to uh, do the show. But all of us will be there, and hopefully all of the Galaxy Talk Show hosts will be on your test show as well. And maybe oh, we'll get that Southern Cracker to call in, too, is where they called yeah. in on Dr. Koi Koo that night. <laughs> yeah, which, which, which day is the, is the, is the test show going to be? Because... You know, like I say, I'm still having trouble with the, with this board, trying to get this board. Everything else seems to be working properly, but... He's going to confirm uh, that with the rest of the, the gentlemen um, and set that date and time up so that everybody... Oh, okay. Um, they'll, be, and they'll be available. Okay. Yeah. All right, great. It's up to them. It's up to the brothers on the East Coast whenever they want to okay. do it. And, okay. uh, and then we'll just do it <laughs> and, and knock it on down whenever they want to do it. Okay, so... We got to bounce now. We got things to do. It's Saturday.
sunshiny day up here. I know it's sunshiny in L.A. So beautiful uh, here in L.A. All right, and uh, let's just sign off, and we'll be back in two weeks on uh, United We Stand, and that'll be the same day as the maiden voyage for Daryl's show in this place as well. So with that, I'm going to say Hotep and Assalamu alaikum. Have a great, great day. Okay. Bye
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.